Hey guys, thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Rise. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back into the archives, take a listen. It's episode number 20. My guest, Maya McLaraby. She is an actress, a model, a blogger. Most passionately out of all, she is a mother of two beautiful young girls. We talk about her journey a little bit, how she's getting back into the business she loves so much after taking so much time off, and most importantly, how she's striving to be an exemplary role model for her two daughters by showing them that nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible. You can achieve anything you put your mind to. We talk a little bit about her Maxim Magazine competition and how she plays so well, what she's doing to get back into the business, her goals, her dreams, her ambitions, and her failures, guys. Go back and give it a listen. Maya is a very uplifted, inspiring individual. Her and I go back 20 years, uh, and I'm blessed to to still have cultivated this relationship or this friendship with her um, after all these years. She inspires me. I know she'll inspire you guys. This week, my guest this week, Ileana Guibert. We have part one of a part two series. Ileana is an actress, a uh, screenwriter, a producer, and a filmmaker. And we dive into that a little bit this week. We talk about how she took her passion project that she's written and actually brought it to fruition by taking it from a script, a page of a script to bring it to a digital platform where it can be seen worldwide, guys. And that's called Twice Upon a Time. It's a short film that's going on to win nearly 20 different film festival awards. Uh, you could find it on iTunes, Google Play Store, as well as Amazon Prime Video. I've seen it. I'll vouch for it. It's a great film. It's incredible. 13 minutes long and the ending i love which we talk about a little bit in this episode uh blew my mind i hope it'll blow yours so guys i encourage everybody go search twice upon a time with iliana guibert and give it a listen guys i'm not going to waste any more of your time whether you're in the car listening to this on your stereo or you got your airpods on crank that shit up and let's get to it This is a Viaggi Films Podcast. This podcast is produced in the concrete jungle, in the Big Apple, in the city that don't sleep, in the city of dreams, produced in New York City and downloaded in over 11 countries worldwide. This is the podcast where we talk business, we talk industry, we talk shit, we motivate, and we get things done. Welcome to the Rise. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in once again to this week's episode of The Rise. This week I have... An amazing, wonderful, talented friend of mine, Ileana Guibert. She's on the show. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk about all her accomplishments so far, what she continues to do, what got her into this business. We're going to talk about the triumphs and the fails um, and successes of her journey. And we're also going to talk about a passion project of hers, which was something that she had written and actually was able to produce and get uh, made and distributed. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. It's a wonderful film uh, that I saw. Uh, the ending is going to blow your mind, so I encourage everybody to 
who's listening to this podcast to go and download it. We'll get into where you could find it a little bit later. So right now on the phone, I have Ileana Guibert. Ileana, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. How exciting this is. How's everything? How you been? I've been great, you know, pounding the pavement, which is what we're supposed to do, networking, cultivating relationships, planting seeds, you know, you got to, you know, nose to the grindstone. That's the only way. doesn't matter what business we're in. That's what we got to do. Absolutely. And especially in this business, because this business is, uh, you know, 90%, if not more, uh, complete rejection. I mean, in order to succeed in this, the business you and I chose, you really have to kind of develop thick skin and you have to have the, the drive and the wherewithal to keep your eye on the prize, to stay focused and really go after what you want. Um, you know, and Mike Massimino, a good friend of ours, um, was on the show and he actually defined it perfectly. He said that, you know, people who try to break into show business are the definition of insanity. Because what's the definition of insanity? The definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. He broke it down brilliantly. So, so we're all insane. We're all a little bit crazy. So what have you been up to? What, what, you know, it's been a while since you and I have actually had the chance to catch up. Life has kind of pulled each of us in different directions and, and we, we haven't been able to touch base, uh, all that much recently. So tell me, what do you, what are you doing? I noticed that you were just, was it Good Day New York recently that you were on? Yeah, that was such a fabulous opportunity. So what happened was I did, um, I worked on a short film. And, you know, this is, again, one of those examples of when it's, when it's meant for you, it's meant for you. I auditioned for this short film. It was a really beautiful piece that's based on a true story with an incredible ending that will shock you and just, you know, to your core. But anyway, so I auditioned for this thing, and it's called Con Dios. And Carlos Iguera is the director. And it was a magnificent cast, a wonderful crew, you know, great producers, beautiful team, just really a beautiful team, so professional, so beautifully done. So anyway, I auditioned for this thing, and I get called back, and that's great. And then they decide they want to pair us all up to figure out, okay, you know, the final decision. Who are we going to pick for this? And... The day that they want to do that is a day where I'm already booked on something else. It was a print ad in Brooklyn, so I couldn't go. And I sent, you know, my regrets saying, you know, I, I know I would have done a wonderful job for you with this character of the mom. There's so, so many, you know, colors that you've written for her, and I love this character, and I'm so sorry I can't play it or that, you know, that I can't be there for this callback. And... um I'm at the shoot for the print ad. I get there at 9 o'clock. They don't see me at the print ad till about 6. And they're done with me in a half hour because I was only playing the wife of the, of the patient. So I'm the caregiver. And they were like, all right, now we're ready for you at 6 p.m. So I sat there all day long when I could have been at the callback. But that's the nature oh, of our work is, you know, you go, you, you book a vacation and now you booked a job. You, you yeah. know, you're going out of town or you said yes to one job and now somebody else wants you. That's right. the nature of our work. And you just have to, you know, go with the flow and, you know, roll with it. And so that's what I did. I said, well, I already made a commitment to this print ad. It's a booking. So you say yes to the booking. The other thing is only a callback. But guess what? A couple of days later, the director calls me and he says, listen, we went through the, the callbacks. 
and you're still our first choice, so we'd like to offer you the role. So anyway, you know, fast forward, we shoot it. It's wonderful. It's it's just about done in post as we speak, and um, or no, it is done in post now. It's done in post, and it's it's been submitted to some you know some of the major film festivals, but. Um, a publicist, I introduced the director to a publicist, Lee Hernandez, who's done wonderful things for me, and so I share him with other people. And he got the director this interview on Good Day New York about this film. And they said, oh, well, we'd, awesome. love, to have the, we'd love to have the mom, you know, there as well. And then people in Espanol also picked us up with me and the husband and the director so again, you know, it's it's one thing feeds another, feeds another, feeds another. So all this came from just going to one little audition. Thought I wasn't going to get it because I couldn't be there for the callback. End up getting it, and then now look, I ended up on Good Day New York all because of this one little audition. And Isn't that amazing? This great work with the, with this great team, and I can't wait to see what it does at the festivals. And Sony's very interested in it, so there's nice. a lot of interest in this little film. Yeah. And what was it? Was it a, it was a short film? Is that what it was? It's a short film. So it's a concept. You know, they do, awesome. do a feature. Sure. It's, it's really, it, it screams, let's do a feature. Um, awesome. But this is, you know, this gives them a taste of this is what it could be. Right. So fingers crossed. Right. Fingers crossed. I mean, isn't yeah. that crazy how one little thing in, in, in our business Well, I tell, I tell people that all the time. It's like, you know, you know, maybe you, you know, you, you cleaned out your closet and you gave those clothes to Goodwill and you came home and you were inspired and so you wrote a monologue and then you performed that monologue and then that monologue right. led you to not, maybe you, you didn't book that job, but the person who saw you at that audition, maybe the casting director, said, you know, you weren't really quite right for that or we went with someone else, we went in a different direction, but can we see you for this other thing? And it could be a year later. And that, and then you book that, and then because you booked that, somebody else saw you, and then you booked this other thing, and all because you right. cleaned out your closet and you got inspired to write this monologue that got you into this audition, and it's just this vicious circle. So you know when bad things happen, it happens that way, but remember that good things happen that way too. So let's sure. uh, let's work towards that. And I mean, it's not just always about booking a job. I mean, just one little decision you make for for this business could lead to. You know, some of the strongest relationships that you have in this business, which in my experience, solid friendships are very few and far between in this business because everybody is very cutthroat. It's a cutthroat industry. But if you think about it, we all made the decision, however many years ago it was, to take a particular class, right? We all made a decision to take Chance Palmetary's class. Right, because we all wanted to better ourselves as writers or actors or whatever it was we were doing at that time, and we all made the decision to sign up for that one class, strangers with no connection to one another whatsoever. And here we are, four years later. I think it's four years anyway. Yeah. And it's yeah. and it now it's Mike and it's you and it's me and it's Freddie, and we we constantly collaborate and bounce ideas off each other and try to develop and try to create things for one another and, and concepts and ideas. So it's, it's not each other on. It's not always about yeah. the work. It's just about cheering each right. other on, even in personal things in our lives, sure. not just the work, because it all ties together. And it's just about building a community. And that's really what we've done. We've built our little yeah. own community 
And, you know, and you see it at every level, you know, what, you don't think the big stars have their little network of people that, you know, they're like, oh, you know, see this person for that, send her the script, send him the script. Of course. Oh, absolutely. Do. We're absolutely. doing it on a level. scale. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, and I think it's great. I think it's great that we've all been able to come together and do that. And, uh, you, you know, the, the, the business that we're in, there's so many twists and turns, you know, and, and, and it's like one, one little thing, like you said, could lead to, to, to something so much greater. It's like when I when I went on the audition for Blacklist, I, I, originally it was for um, one episode, and then it spanned over three episodes. You know, I was booked for, I was co- contracted for, <clears throat> I think originally five days to wrap up the first episode, and that five days ended up being three different contracts over the course of six different weeks. So you, you never know. You never know what, what one audition is going to lead to or one opportunity yeah, in this you never business know what is going to audition or what relationship. It, and it right. doesn't always have to be a writer or producer or director. You never sure. know. All of a sudden, you turn around and it turns out your neighbor, your neighbor's cousin is a producer at Paramount. And you say, what? Yep. You know, you just don't know. You just don't know. And, it's, and, and again, it's not about booking the job all the time. It's about networking and relationship mm-hmm. building. Because Agreed. you don't know. You may be able to bring something to the table for someone. Absolutely, I agree. Speaking of which, you know, you tapped into relationships, uh, which has has kind of carried you forward a little bit. Let's talk about one, uh, Twice Upon a Time. How did you How did you come up with the idea for for Twice Upon a Time and the concept? So the idea with Twice Upon a Time, which is my short film, um, I I wanted to explore the other side of the camera. I had, you know, every time I met right. with someone in the industry, like a high level person in the industry, whether it be a director, a producer, a screenwriter at some event or, you know, people, you know, in talking to me would always say, you know, you ever think about producing? You sound like a producer. You think like a producer. You know, I'm the one that will stand there and look at something and say, you know, well, why why are they doing it like that? Like that's, that's probably costing a fortune to do that. And they laugh because they said that's like that's what a producer thinks. You know, that's the executive producer. That's the producer. Sure. And I said, yeah, you know, I am very curious about that side, except that I'm still new to the business. You know, I'm in it for, what, seven years now, and I don't really know that side all that well, and I don't have those connections. And everybody said the same thing. They said, the connections will come. You have something that can't be taught, which is you just have it in you. You, You're organized. You think that way. You think like a producer. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, all right, let me see. How can I do this? How can I get myself into a project where I could produce it? But who's going to hire you to produce something when you've never done it before? So I said, well, I'll do my own. And then that's what prompted the idea of, okay, let's just go and do something. So I looked around, and I was reading little scripts and short stories, and it was like a needle in a haystack trying to find the right thing because I also wanted to star in it. So now it had to be a certain thing that would fit me. And it was getting really tough. And I met with two different uh, writing teams and duos, and they both said the same thing. One duo was in L.A. and one was here in New York, and they both said the same thing to me when I was telling them this. They said, why don't you just write it yourself? Just write something. I said, I don't know anything about writing. I'm not a writer. And they said, just write something. Just start writing and see what comes up. So I started writing, and one, one team said to me, write what you know. So I thought, all right, well, I know about being a businesswoman, and I know about being a mom, and I know about being a widow. Let me write something about a character that has all those three things and, you know, what she's going through. Mm -hmm. So 
that gave me the idea. And I had two different ideas. And when I went back to one of the writing teams, they asked, I told them the two ideas, and they said to me, and this was brilliant, they said, which idea scares you the most to do? And I said, you know, they scare, they both scare me, but for different reasons. Option A scares me because, you know, there's like location challenges and I need special things, like I need an SUV or a stretch limo. So I need mm-hmm. some things that may be hard for me to get. So those things are a little bit scary, the challenges of the different locations I would need. And then they said, well, what's the other one? What, what scares you about the other one? And I said, the other one scares me because it's closer to who I am and it's closer to my story as a 9-11 widow, even though this story is not about me or about anyone I know, but it's about a 9-11 widow, and I am one. And they said, you know, you just answered your own question. That's the one you have to do. You have to do the one that scares you the most because, it, because it's the one closest to your heart, the one that's m- the most personal right. to you. That's the one you have to do. So I said, wow, all right, here we go. And then that was it, and I wrote it. And I sent it to a few people just to get their opinions because I just, you know, again, never wrote anything before. So I had a couple of people in the industry that I said, you know, just take a look at this. Tell me your thoughts. And one of those people was Paul Bergesi, who I, I had met a couple of years prior at an event. And we stayed connected. And it turns out he reads it and he says, oh, my God, I love this. Can I direct it? And I thought, oh, I hadn't even been thinking about that because I hadn't even gotten that far yet. All I was thinking was, let me just make sure that this script is, you know, let's let's let another pair of eyes see it. And then he said he he was interested, and I said, oh, my God, I would love for you to to direct it, of course. And and he's been a great mentor. He, you know, he's taught me a lot, and, you know, he's a great collaborator. He really is. Paul is a great collaborator. Um, he's got a great heart. He's talented, and he loves he loves what he does. So you're in you you know you surround yourself with people who are like minded, and the rest is easy. And that's what made me do this film so easy. Why it was so easy because I collaborated with great people and people who had a passion for this story. So people on the crew or, you know, who got to read right. the story, the actresses who read the story and the actors who were in it, and really it touched them. And they were like, we want to do this. We want to, we want to make this happen. Yeah. And so now there it is. It's done. And it went through some film festivals. And we won quite a few awards at the different film festivals, probably like, you know, I lost track, maybe 18 awards. And, That's incredible. Um, yeah, it was really a nice ride, and now it's on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon, and it's called Twice Upon a Time, and um, there's a, a couple of Twice Upon a Time, so people usually find it if they type Twice Upon a Time, and then they type Ileana Key Bear, but, um, but anyway, so that's my first one, and I'm super proud of it. There are things I would you do differently, be. because of course, it's a learning experience, but I love it. I'm so proud of it. You know, it's my firstborn. <laughs> So uh, it has a special place in my heart. Listen, you 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 should be proud of it. I've seen it. It is absolutely incredible. Yeah. You know, I, I keep I keep pushing the ending. I I you know, after I watched it, I I called you and I told you what I thought of it. And I got on the phone with Freddie and I told Freddie and I and I said you got to watch this, Fred. You got to you got to see the end of it. Like the ending just blows your mind. You know, and that's that's. 
that's when, for me, that's personally, for me, that's when a movie like gets me is when the ending, the, the, the twist and the turn in the ending is so unpredictable that like I, I'm blown away. That makes the whole movie well, for well, me. Well, let's not, and, give, let's and, not give too much. We don't want people now high expectations, and then they watch, and they're like, really? This is what they were talking no, about? No, I mean, but, but they, no, but they should have high expectations because it comes out of nowhere. And that, for me, is what tied the whole thing together. So anybody who's listening right now to this podcast, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful, very fortunate, 11 different countries. I want everybody in each country to go to iTunes, Google Play what was it, Google Play Store? Google Play iTunes. and Amazon. I want everybody who's listening in all 11 countries, go to iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. Look for Twice Upon a Time starring Ileana Guibert. You won't regret it. It's a great watch. It's, it's I think, 13 minutes long, something like that. It's, yeah, 13 minutes, so it's not a big commitment of time. It's, it's not a big commitment of time at all. It's well worth you to invest 13 minutes to watch this film, it's 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 powerful, it's meaningful, uh, and you really truly did an amazing job uh, with getting it off the ground and bringing it to fruition and and cultivating it. You did an amazing job, and I'm very proud of you for doing that. Um, and you should be very proud of it. There's always things we could do differently, you know, but you you should be very proud of it and and continue I to stand am. by it. Absolutely am. Now, you said you had just mentioned you've only been in this business for seven years, going on seven years. Um, I mean, it's something I always wanted to do, but, yeah, I lost my job about seven years ago, and that's when I said, okay, you know what, let me try this other career and see what happens. And, if it, you know, if it doesn't work and or if it's not, there isn't a place for me or I'm not really passionate about it, then I'll go back and I'll just go train a sales team for some other company. But, um, but yeah, no, I've not looked back. I love this industry, even with all its challenges and its obstacles. Um, but everything has challenges and obstacles. It's just you have to learn how to navigate them. And there are new obstacles and new challenges that are different from the corporate sector in some aspects. But you, uh, you learn. Yes, I find the more you learn, the easier it is to attain certain things. And when yeah, you and get that, you when, love it. and the more you, and the more you it. love it, right? And when you get that knowledge, you know, the more you learn and you get that knowledge, then it, that, that's when it's time to just jump in and expand yourself and 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 attack things face on and do things you 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 wouldn't normally do and face things you wouldn't normally face like you did with the short film. You know, you had never produced before, you had never really written before, but you educated yourself, you learned more about it, you you loved the concept and the idea of actually getting this thing off the ground. The more you you you, you found out. And you, oh, you yeah. delve right into the it. Process. I loved the writing process. I loved the producing end of it. And the next thing I'm going to do is I'll, I'll direct the next one. I won't be in it. I'll just write, produce, and direct it. And I get the feeling, I get a very strong feeling that I am going to absolutely love directing. I just have this feeling. Because I, just, just thinking about the project, I've got three things that I've written, and I'm just deciding which one am I going to do first. And um, there's just so many ideas that I already have for it, for all of them. So I'm really looking forward to that next um, that next level. Well, you're a very talented writer, so I, I don't have any doubt that you'll be able to put something together. Um, you know, it, it's just settling in on that idea that, that's going to drive you enough to stay behind the camera long enough to see it through, because you're also a very talented actress. And, 
sometimes it's hard for people to kind of differentiate the difference between the two or separate. But I think I think you're going to do a great job. Well, thank you. Thank you for that vote of confidence. So the Twice Upon a Time, um, your working relationship with Twice Upon a Time with Paul Borghese uh, led you to another opportunity with Paul Borghese. Is that correct? Yes. We had such a good Which time was? working together. Yeah. So we had such a great time working together that he brought me on board as a co-producer on a short film called Duped, as in You've Been Duped. And it stars Vinnie Pastor and um, uh, Tony Darrow and uh, Joe D'Onofrio. So it's, it's really a great cast, a lot of fun. Um, and it's, it's – how do I really describe it without giving anything away? It's, it's, it's the cross between, you know, the, the detectives and mobsters and how lines can get blurred. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a, it's a comedy. It's not a laugh out loud comedy, but it's definitely a comedy. It's not a drama. No one's dying. You know, there's nobody being killed. It's funny. It's funny. It's, and it was great fun to do. It's a great little team. And uh, and it just gave me another opportunity to produce. So, of course, I was thrilled at that. And how many days did you film Duped in? Because I remember you telling me twice upon a time, twice upon a time took like, what, three or four days, three and a half days, something around? Both both took three days. And where are we in Duped right now? Is it in post? Is it at film festivals? It's it's at the festivals. So we've already won a bunch of awards. Um, and it's at the festivals, and um, yeah, I mean, it's only at the beginning of its festival run, so we still have some time. I think we started the festival run uh, maybe five months ago, four months ago, so it's still the early part of the festival run. Sure. So tell me this. Tell me, Ileana, when did you know this is what you wanted to do? When did you know, like, when did you get bitten by the bug? Not when did you dive into it. We know that. That was seven years ago. But when did you realize, like, you needed to express your creativity? You needed to ex- – you, you've always wanted to explore this, this business. Um, you, 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 you wanted it to, to take this roller coaster ride, these ups and downs in this journey of trying to make it to a certain level that you want to obtain. When did you realize that this was the business for you? Um, I think there were a few signs, um, but the one that I really – that hit home for me was – when I I must have been about nine years old and I was getting ready for bed and my mother had the TV on and this movie with this great music was on and I saw these people dancing and I was like, what is that? And my mother's like, oh, no, no, it's not a good movie. And I was fixated and there was no way I was going to bed. And she let me stay up and watch it and that movie was West Side Story. West Side Story. Story. I was blown away with the dancing, the choreography, the music, yep. the singing, the stories. I was blown away. So that's really when it, when I think I was really hit by the bug. And you know, and then of course I was a very sheltered kid living in New York City. You know, not the greatest neighborhood. So my mom would keep us home. You know, she didn't. You know, we weren't kids that were like playing outside and going taking subways by ourselves. So I watched a lot of television, and back then, you know, back in the Stone Ages, we didn't have Netflix, and we didn't have all these great platforms and channels. So you had your basic channels. So I would watch just the movies when they came. So, you know, if you wanted to watch The Wizard of Oz, you had to wait for the one day of the year that they play it, and you were home for it, and you watched it. 
and I would watch Jimmy Cagney, so Angels with Dirty Faces, and I would watch Betty Davis, and I would watch all the MGM musicals, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, Sid Charisse. You know, I just was fixated. So that was really it. Um, but the interesting thing when I say that it hit me, it, that it was there, the signs were there even before that, and I just didn't see them. And how I know that the signs were there, not just as an actor, but as a producer. So as an actor, one of the early signs was when I was in the third grade, and we were doing um, a holiday show. I wasn't in the show. I was in the chorus. So they were doing a holiday show that was a little play, and then they were doing, you know, some, some you know, uh, singing. And I was in the singing part. But, of course, you know, you as a class would always have to sit in the auditorium and you're watching the rehearsal. So now the day of the show comes, and, of course, you know, all the parents are there, and the kid who's supposed to play the lead, it was a boy and a girl, and the boy got sick, and he couldn't do it. And, you know, they're running around frantically backstage, you know, because the kid's sick and can't make it and blah, blah, blah. And I just casually mentioned to the girl, because I'm lined up in line, ready for the chorus. We're going to go out because the chorus is doing their thing first. And I just casually mentioned to the girl in front of me that I know the lines. Well, this gets back to the teacher, and she comes to me and says, what do you mean you know the lines? And I said, well, I was at the rehearsals. I know those lines. So guess what? She stood on the sidelines in case I needed to be fed lines, and I went up there and I did it. I did the play. That's awesome. So that really, that was really the first sign. And I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, he can't be there. Well, you know what? I can step in and just do the lines, and I did it. So that was the first one. Now, for producing, I think I was born a producer because when I was a kid, if it was – we lived – obviously, we lived in New York City, so we lived in a building, an, uh, an apartment building. And if it was your parents' birthday or your parents' wedding anniversary, I was getting, you know, the kids together, and we were going to put on a show – and, you know, we're going down to the basement to see what we can salvage to, for the show that we're going to do. If, you know, any birthday parties that I would go to, I would always collect the things, you know, whatever little party favors they were giving, and I would keep yep. them and, you know, hats and whatever. And so I had like an arsenal of stuff in my room for when we were going to do a production, kind of like <laughs> Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland. We're going to put on a show in their garage while I was doing it in the lobby of the, you know, or in our apartment. And, you know, and, and I would assign people different tasks, like my sister, who was not into performing. Now, mind you, I didn't perform. I was just the orchestrator, so I was the producer. I never performed because I was painfully shy. But I was okay about putting it together and getting everybody else sure. up. And, you know, sure. and I would get these kids who were so, you know, the boys in the, you know, who were so, so tough, you know, gang member tough. And here they are in hula skirts, you know, and singing Up, Up, and Away and Age of Aquarius and all these songs from when we were kids. And that was just me being a producer without knowing it. How old were you, did you say? Oh, this was, I had to be like eight, nine. See, see how it happens? Nine, ten. Yeah, it was de definitely those, those pre-teen years I was doing that. See, I remember a similar, similar experience like you. I remember my mother, and to this day, always watches, like, old movies. Um, and I was probably about six years old. She was watching Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. 
And it just, I was in awe. Much like you with West Side Story, I was mesmerized. The singing, the dancing, although I can't sing or dance, but I was just mesmerized by everything. And then, you know, later on, it was Newsies, you know, with Christian Bale, one of his first films. Yeah, of course. And I was mesmerized by that. And it just, you know, it just kind of snowballed into this this thing that my parents kind of saw in me and cultivated. But, um, yeah, it's crazy how, like, how you could be so impressionable at such a young age and, and, and know know what it is that, that, that you want to do. Right. Really like, I didn't know what it was, and no one in my family was, you know, in the entertainment business. I'm first generation, so my parents knew nothing about Hollywood or about, you know, it's like, no, you're going to be a teacher or a doctor or an, or an attorney. You know, those were the things you're going to be, or you're going to be a journalist. But, you know, and being a journalist was thinking out of the box for my parents, not, you know, but certainly not an actor. So it wasn't until much later that I thought, you know what? I'm going to really try this now, especially now, given the opportunity. I was never going to quit my job. I made good money. I was good at what I did. I liked what I did a lot. But all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute. Here's opportunity. This is like a blessing in disguise, this getting laid off. So let's test the waters. And I've not looked back. And what was your very first thing? Like seven years ago, I'm trying to think of how the business was seven years ago because with technology, the business has changed so much. You know, I, I remember a time where I was sitting in a laundromat every single Sunday in Manhattan addressing manila envelopes and cover letters for headshots and resumes to mail out, and I probably did between 30 and 50 every Sunday while I was waiting for my laundry. And I would just drop them in the mailbox hoping that, you know, my, my, my phone was going to ring. Uh, now it's completely different. Everything is digital. Technology is taking this business to a completely different level. I, I don't really remember. Seven years ago, I don't think it was mailing headshots yeah. and resumes, right? Um, you still were doing that. I mean, I, I, even when I was in the corporate sector, I just had this bug. So I did, believe it or not, I did some commercials. I did some theater even when I was in the corporate sector. How I managed to do these things, I don't know. Because if you ask me today, I, I just sit there going, I don't know. I don't know how I how I had a full-time job, a monster full-time job with major responsibilities and mm-hmm. traveling. And, you know, but that was part of the problem was that, you know, all of a sudden an agent calls and says, oh, yeah, can you come to this audition? Because I booked something and now they want to see me for something else. But I'm like, oh, I can't. Right. My boss is in town and I'm doing a presentation. Or I'm in London or I'm in Switzerland or I'm, you know, I can't. I have a lunch with, you know the people from, you know, the New York Times or from Bloomberg team. Sure, sure. It was hard. And, you know, and you you really can't have that kind of a job because you really have to have the flexibility to go to the auditions when they call you. And unfortunately, the auditions, as we all know, are always last minute. You know, I just got something for today that I I just can't squeeze it in because I'm leaving tomorrow on a plane to Kansas City to shoot a, uh, oh, to shoot a horror film, actually. You are? It's going to be my first, yes. Tomorrow I leave for Kansas City to shoot a horror film. It's wow. It's a film called Spiritual Practice. Good for you. Yeah, I'm really excited about it because I Good love for you. this director's work. Yeah, this director, I've had my eye on him, and I've seen many of his films, and he and I connected a couple of years ago. And so, again, here it is about being tenacious, about being patient, I wanted yep. to work with him, and all of a sudden, here I am. I'm going to work with him. Years That's later, awesome. a couple of years later, yeah. 
And 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 how long ago did you audition for this? Um, well, here's the thing that's so interesting. So I, again, I, I started to cultivate a relationship with this director a while back um, I, because I saw his work and I really just loved his work. It's so good. And he's got, you know, surprise endings in a lot of his work, which I love. Almost all the things that I've written have a twist or a surprise ending, just like mm-hmm. I love M. Night with all of his, you know, twists, like like The Sixth Sense. You remember The Sixth Sense and the the ending of Sixth Sense. Yes. I love movies like that. I love it. I love it when you're sitting there going, what? And you're like, i got to see this movie again so that I can pick up. Where did I miss it? How did I miss this? And I love that. And this director, Patrick Rea, he's like that. He just has this. And horror is like his specialty, but it's not blood and gore and guts. Mm-hmm. It's more intellectual horror, like it, but it is, but it's under the horror genre, and he's really just a, a delightful person, and I'm just really thrilled and lucky to be working with him this, you know, this week. That's awesome. Good for you. Congratulations. Now, you've never done a horror before, huh? No. No, I did something um, when I was first starting out with NYU. It was a, a grad student was doing a film, and I was playing the mom, and that was a horror film. But my part was so tiny. She just kind of comes in, and she's supposed to be going off to church. And then the main character, which is, you know, the story's about him, um, he ends up calling his mom. And these things have taken over the town. And she's in the church, and she's she's trapped. And she's yeah. on the phone with him, and she's screaming. And so you don't really see anything, It's but you see it's more about his reaction to what he's hearing and, you know, witnessing over the phone through the his mother's words to him, and she's really saying goodbye, but then this thing, these creatures break into the church. Now, was that your first yeah, so acting gig? What was that? The one you had just described, was that your very first acting role seven years ago? No, I think my very first, oh God, I guess I'd have to go back to IMDb. Because like I said, in the corporate sector, I did get, while I was in the corporate sector, I did get to do a couple of things here and there. Mm -hmm. So when people Mm -hmm. see my IMDb, they'll see something like 1992. Oh, she was in Sesame Street and she was on, but that was my corporate. I was was in the corporate world and I just happened to get these things. And then all of a sudden you see nothing for years because my career in the corporate got too big. You know, all took over, right. an entire East Coast team. I don't have time to go to an audition, let alone, you know, learn lines and go record and, you know, and be on set for two, three days. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. So this is why you see this major gap because I kind of, you know, had my hand in the cookie jar a little bit in the beginning, but, you know, my career in the other world took off and I just went with, and I don't have any regrets because I love what I did there. I love it, and the relationships I built in the corporate sector, relationships that to this day I still have, people that I still do things with, people that I still visit with, even people that don't live in New York, that live in California, from that yeah. place, from, that, from those days, I'm still connected to. So, you know, everything happens for a reason, and that was that was going to be my path. My path was that I was going to be a corporate person first. You know, some people do it the other way around. They're actors first. Actually, most of the people I know, that makes the opposite. They were actors first or writers first or something in the artistic world, and then they shifted and went to the corporate sector. I did the reverse. I did the corporate sector first, and now I'm in the arts. 
I want to go ahead and thank my guest this week, Ileana Guibert, for coming on the show, guys. Make sure you tune in next week to part two of my interview with her. Uh, next week's going to be just as inspirational, just as inspiring, just as informative. We talk more about what our future holds, what we're planning to do to get further along in our careers, what we plan to do for ourselves, how we plan to get closer to our dreams tomorrow than we are today, guys. Make sure you tune in next week for part two with Ileana Guibert. Make sure you keep tuning in to The Rise. Subscribe, download, and share this, guys. Also, make sure you pound that pavement until your knuckles fucking bleed and make your dreams come true. This has been a Biagi Films produced podcast. Welcome to The Rise. I'm your host, Mark Basil. This is the podcast where we talk industry, we talk business, we talk shit, we motivate, and we get things done.